Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show, guys, girls. Today is episode number 102, and I welcome back. I welcome back my co-host, JP Miller, JP from the East Coast branch of the Fast Brackets podcast. What is happening, my man? What's going on, Rex? Hey, well, I am welcoming you back to what I'm affectionately calling Q2 for your co-hosting duties. Uh, Qualifier number one was a huge success. We got a little feedback, all of which was good. And so uh, I'm excited to have you back for uh, round two of qualifying. Absolutely excited to be back. Yeah, it's uh, we've had a lot of action, JP. Like since our last episode, there's been a lot of action. Action, and I would say this: I would be remiss if we didn't start the the show by telling everyone that uh, you you you've become a better man. You've become a better uh, person. You've become a better. Uh, husband, better neighbor, better racer, all because of what? Do you want to tell everybody why you've become a man, or do should I break it down for the, our listeners? Uh, well, I finally got a chance to go and see Maverick, <laughs> the Top Gun movie, and um, it's an awesome movie. I, I'm not gonna lie; I kept hearing people saying how good it was, and I was like, oh, I'll catch it when I catch it. And then I said, Well, maybe I ought to catch it in the theater. So we went and. Saw it last week, and, and it's a good movie. I think it's probably just as good or better than the first one. I agree. I agree. You did it. You did the right thing, JP. You did the right thing for yourself. It sounds like you took the fam as well. And, uh, man, like, uh, it, it was good. And you 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 feel better probably now that you've uh, now you got that little – that in, in your blood, right? I feel like flying an F-18. Hey. <laughs> I'm trying to. I just want to go bomb something and, and get into a dog fight. <laughs> Would you settle for a top sportsman car? Would you? <laughs> I, I'm going. I'm going to have to. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It. Uh, I've said for a long time. Top Gun mm. is the, uh, the the closest thing we have to the perfect bracket racing movie. And um, man, he and he once again. I don't want. I don't think I'm. 
you know, giving away the movie, but he hits the brakes and they fly right by, which is yeah, uh, every fantastic. drops on them every time, every time. <laughs> Just... uh, I love it. I love it. So we got that out of the way. We got we got things rolling with that. I mean, what could be better? Um, what we do have to do here on the show is we have to we have to talk about end of an era too. I mean, th- this this happened over. I mean, I feel like these are two major events here, uh, and I know not essentially with fast brackets, but these are major events. Our man Ric Flair wrestled his final match uh, at the end of July. He he wrestled yeah. his finally final match um, at the age of seventy three. The Natch, the greatest ever, do it. The sixteen time world champion got it done. Winning, of course, with a figure four leg lock, which is so fantastic. I mean, my man was styling and profiling like only he can. Woo! And got it done in the finale. Absolutely. Iconic, iconic wrestler, iconic move. Um, (laughs) Glad he he got to finish up his career early (laughs) at the young age of 73. Brother, I I, I mean, that is... Man, can That's, you imagine taking that beating? I, yeah, I, and i I listened to a um, I listened to a podcast that he was on with Mike Tyson, and he's like the same as he always was. Like they were they were talking about bumping into each other, and him wanting Mike to hang out with him. And Mike Mike Tyson was like, "No, you're too wild for me to hang out. <laughs> How are you too wild for Mike Tyson to hang out with?" <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So. <laughs> Well, he, yeah, that's uh, he's awesome though. I I did catch something, and he um he said yeah him and he's really tight with Lawrence Taylor, and if you know anything about Lawrence Taylor, he might be the wildest person on the planet, and yeah, and he was like yeah no uh I, I hang out with LT all the time, like it, <laughs> like it was nothing. I can see, I like, I can see that. <laughs> boy. Anyway. Um, we, we gotta give him, we gotta give a little props to my, our man, Ric Flair, wrapping it up in style with the win. I love it. I love everything about that. Absolutely. You know, I also love, I also love our guest that we're going to bring on today. We're going to bring John Medlin on. He, he recently won what is, um, I believe the fastest, uh, top dragster NHRA uh, version here out in Kansas a couple weeks ago. John Medlin wins that event. He's going to come on and talk talk us through that win and and really uh, his program and all that. I'm excited to have him on. And then also uh, a couple guys are going to come on uh, the racing team in the elite top sportsman division, Chris Nigers and Gary Schween. So I'm excited to have those dudes on as well. So we're going to learn about the i mean really one of the top programs in elite top sportsmen right now so oh yeah we've got really a great show for all our listeners and that doesn't even include brick flair and top gun so i mean if you take those two things out it's still a great show so i'm fired up awesome yeah definitely excited definitely excited to talk to those guys um should be a lot of good perspective yeah those guys are doing it at a high level right now so excited to have them on so Guys, girls, get to doing whatever it is you do while you listen to the show. Make your commute, clean the shop, work on that old heap, 
but metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make them pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box. JP, there is a lot of action going on or maybe not a lot of action i'm not sure exactly what the word is here right now about one of the associations and it's not the national hot rod association it is the international hot rod association what do you know about all of this that's going down um it appears that that the ihra has been purchased or there's a deal on the table for larry jeffers to purchase the ihra but um, there's not it's a lot of spotty information out there um, from what I've seen. Um, there may be an issue with the former leadership of IHRA uh, that. I think they left and wanted to form their own. Their own deal. And um, I don't know how true this is, but there might be some some of those people might have some non-compete clauses in, in place. So I think it's going to be definitely an interesting conversation for the rest of the season and in the next season to see how that all shakes out. Um, I agree and- 100%. 100%. I'm going to give you what I know about it, and then we'll kind of run from there. But here's what I know. First of all, the company that owns the IHRA is called IRG, right? That is a hedge fund investment group. And they own both the U.S. version and the Australian version of this. Uh, They have sold the Australian division to the Australian Drag Racing Association. So I think that is good for drag racing in Australia. I don't pay a lot of attention to it. I don't cover it a lot. Uh, You know, I haven't been over there to fight a kangaroo, so I don't really... Uh, care too much. There's too many things that can kill you in Australia, to be honest with you. But I think it's good yeah. for Australian drag racing, right? There's they're under one roof, and good for them. I don't know if that's you know the good side or the bad side. One in that division or deal because I know there's been kinds of some infighting, but it's good for the sport. So now when we come to the U.S. side, this is how I understand it to have happened. Uh, IRG says, hey, we're going to sell this thing. Larry Jeffers, of course, uh, one of the best chassis builders in the country, building some just top-level uh, beautiful cars out there, builds Craig Sullivan's. He's, he built a lot of top cars. He's, he owns a drag strip in Missouri, certainly done it for a long time in our sport, very qualified to say, hey, I will be good buyer. I can move the IHRA forward. They're the management group, uh, IRG, didn't know anything about drag racing, right? So they have a management right. group. Uh, Scooter Pico and the boys there. They, you know, they've been running IHRA for a while. By all accounts, as far as I'm concerned, have done a good job there. I don't, I don't know, um, you know, what they, their operations are on a day to day basis, but. There's almost a hundred tracks that still have IHRA association in terms of that. So when that happened, of course, if if you're running an organization and your ownership comes to you and says, "Hey, by the way, you've got a new boss," 
that is that is frustrating, right? That is a frustrating thing. So right. that group goes to IRG and says, "Hey, we would like to buy it ourselves. Don't sell it to Larry. Uh, this is the way I understand it. They they would like to buy it." IRG then, which is kind of a interesting thing. So I don't know exactly how this shakes down, but way I understand it is, and I think this is how it would operate under any organization. If you owned it and you didn't like the way things were being operated from your management group, and they came to you and said, hey, we'd like to buy it now, there would be a natural thing to say, uh, Maybe you potentially on purpose didn't operate this the best way so that you would get a better deal for it. Right. Yeah, that would that would be. Yeah. And that's 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 another thing that I heard maybe going on or maybe the feeling with the and, and with I'm the parent not, company. And I'm not accusing Scooter Pico or I'm not doing that. I, I'm just what I'm thinking about is how it would be perceived from the investment group side, if you didn't think it went well, if there were, if you were going to cut your losses and sell that investment, and the management company came, you know, the people who are managing say, "Hey, I'd like to buy it now," you'd go, "Well, if it's so good, why haven't you made it work?" Right? That would yeah, be natural. Where, where was where was that? Where were all these great ideas when, when <laughs> right. you were in charge of it? You right. Know, why didn't you do it then? Yeah, right. I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I, I would think that. But, <laughs> yeah, and, and you know. again, I, I don't know that that's how it shook down, and I don't know. But here's what I find really interesting. So Scooter and those guys, they, you know, uh, been doing it a long time, have great relationships, went and said, well, if you won't sell it to us, we'll create our a new association um, called the International Drag Racing Association. Uh, that So I think that's what they, not the IHRA, but the IDRA. And they just went and said, hey, guys, all these tracks, these hundred tracks that you've been calling us, you know, on Saturday night at one o'clock when when the timing system goes bad and how do we fix this and what's our process for this? You, you know, we're there for you. Just come over and be, leave the IHRA and come to the IDRA. Right. And then it gets interesting. Right. So then after that, the IRG, that investment company makes a public statement, which is so wild, and essentially says, hey, be careful because we've sold it to Larry Jeffers. And by the way, this management company, i.e. Scooter, Pico, etc., are under a non-compete. So there will be no IDRA moving forward because they have a non-compete that says they can't create such a platform. So this is fascinating to me because while they made the statement and and certainly you know they they know what they're doing in theory the fact that they made the statement is bizarre because if in fact you're playing poker and you have the full full house you don't tell everybody you got a full house you just no. operate as such yep and, and so telling people you've got a full house, i.e. you've got non-competes with everybody, is a weird thing. So I don't know what to believe at this point. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. And then it, on the other side of that, if you're Larry Jeffers, do you say, well, if I buy this deal, am I going to have tracks to run? I mean, how's that going to work? You know, because 
of course, because now he's saying, hey, and I don't know what the number is. I think it's around 100 tracks that are IHRA sanctioned in the United States. If 50% of them say, no, I'm going to be IDRA, then uh, from that standpoint, um, from that standpoint, well, you know, um, but then I need to pay less. I need to pay less. You know, that's a, yeah. that's a thing. Um it, so th- there'll be a whole bunch of things. The only thing that I will say out of this whole deal, which I think is really positive, <laughs> and um, you know, I want this to work for everybody because I think Larry has a plan. Uh, that's what I've been told is he has a really strong plan to make this thing work and be, you know, really good thing for our sport. Um, I did see, and it, it was from him on Facebook. He said the plan was to bring back top dragster. Top sportsman and the the rod classes, the hot rod, uh, super rod classes, okay. and stuff like that. So we all know, and I think uh, probably the majority of, of the listeners and people that got involved with top sportsman, top dragster initially, got involved because because IHRA was the place and created these classes. So to bring it back, man, that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, that'll be awesome. And I grew up in the heart of IHRA country, um, and. Like I said, the local track around here, it was always IHRA sanctioned when it was sanctioned. Yep. And most of the tracks that we went to close around here were IHRA. So, you know, that's how I fell in love with Top Sportsman and, and you know, Mount Motor Pro Stock and on and on. So, yeah, if if, if he can do that, that will be that will be awesome. Um, if he can give Top Sportsman, Top Jackson guys more places to run, uh, that'll definitely be a good thing, in my opinion. I, I hope it all works out, but I think it's going to be an uh, interesting conversation going forward with all of the particulars that we're hearing about this trickling out, <laughs> you know, right. right now. Yeah, I mean, who who needs the Kardashians when you have uh, this IHRA <laughs> drama, right? I, I, I wasn't keeping up with the Kardashians <laughs> before, so I don't think I'm going to be <laughs> keeping up with them uh, after this. Definitely not going to be keeping up with them after this announcement. Yeah, I, <laughs> strong. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's put this thing in the beams presented by AFCO Racing Products on with us now from Kansas City, Kansas. He is your most recent winner of the Top Dragster event in Division 5 of what is arguably the best Top Dragster race uh, all season in the NHRA level. He is a longtime Super Comp competitor and did it at an extremely high level before making the jump to Top Dragster this year. Please welcome John Medlin. John, how are you tonight? Good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. How you doing, John? Good. Hey, thanks for coming on. Um, you you won out in Kansas the NHRA event, which is really I, I don't I say it's arguably I'm not even sure if it's arguably uh, like that bump was a six forty nine, um, and it could have been a six thirty eight if we hadn't had two guys that got speeding tickets, right? And so those, yeah. those th- I mean, it could have been incredibly fast, like U.S. national fast, and you won that event. Um, man, uh, take us through that deal. Like, because, uh, and am I right? Is this the first year you've been running Top Dragster full time, kind of? Yeah, we, 
Well, this will be a full-time deal this year. Um, I got an opportunity to drive uh, for some car owners out of Joplin, Fred and Rebus Navy. Um, we tickled, played with it a little bit last year um, with some nitrous and, you know, going six nineties. And um, we kind of talked about it over the winter. And they we get, went and found a car, and they, they bought it. So I'm driving their car, and it's a, you know, it's a 610 car. And um, this was the first weekend out with it. So um did, did pretty well. Um the uh, the bump was good. I, I you know this this race had traditionally been a 48 car field the last four or five six years, and and they've come up one or two short. So um, Robbie, our division director, kind of been kicking around the idea of taking it back to 32, and uh, did it this year. And I think it, the competition it made it a lot, lot more exciting for qualifying. Um, it was fun. It was it was a good debut and uh, had some success. Clearly, the racing gods got you, John. Like, and we talk about it all the time on the show about your first first event, like really lighting it up. You you've been doing this, you've been drag racing a long time, but uh, man, to be struck by the racing gods in top drags for the first event out, that's got to feel good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, considering uh, what little bit we played with last year, you knew we were going about one ninety and. You know, this one will go, you know, 240 if we let it eat, you know. So um, it took a little bit, a couple of runs to kind of catch up with the car and um, um, worked out good. Worked out really well. Yeah, it can, um, and you, so you say you go from 190 to, you know, 240. Talk to our listeners through that difference a little bit. I mean, it, I know going 190 is fast. Um, I mean, how does it feel different from going, you know, it's an extra 50 miles an hour. How does, how does that feel? 190 to 240. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, I mean, we kind of, you know, we got in the car and we made a couple of test hits on Wednesday and, um, no expectations, you know, other than we just know we're going faster, um, down low. Um, it was really smooth. You know, we, it's pretty soft down low, um, but through the middle and, and, and out the back, you know, it pulled, and and I we we were changing the tune up every run every time we went to starting line even into the final we changed the tune up um, just trying to learn you know and not not sit up sit back on the heels and and learn some things and um, uh, took like I said about three or four runs to catch to, um, get a little more comfortable looking around and and you know can I hang a wheel do I need to step back you know do I need to park um, but yeah yeah by the by the sixth, seventh, eighth run, I, I think I was fairly well caught up with the car. So, John, what um, what's the chassis and engine combination you're running now? It's a Spitzer car, um, two seventy five, you know, five forty centrifugal blown. Um, not, not, not too too many things exotic on it, other than just you know, good, good low six second combination, um, and. Uh, we had uh, got to thank Driscoll at Racing Ninjas. Um, he freshened up Airland Forest and really worked with us over the weekend and um, worked with me on, you know, what I could do with the car and what I couldn't do with the car, um, you know, compared to uh, some of my other cars that we've done. And uh, he was he was a tremendous, tremendous help. I got to ask you about driving a stripe and something like that. What is the – because to me, that's pretty fast. I mean, 218 and you're trying not to go under 610. And it looked like in the final you were right at six eleven. Uh, how worried are you about, you know, 
I guess, breaking out and getting DQ'd in that deal? Uh, <laughs> there was one. Um, I think, you know, the weather was really good for the weekend. Typically in July and Topeka, you know, it could be 95, 96 to 100. And, you know, we were in the mid to low 80s. And I think we made a shot, qualifying shot Thursday night that was like 8 o'clock or 8.30. And uh, I said, well, let's just and we'll change it tune up and we're going to see what it does and it, i think it went 03 237 like, okay now we're getting a little we're getting a little <laughs> wow we're, we're getting a little close right so right so and like i said we just kept playing with the tune up and um you know as as you get comfortable in the car you know you just you know kind of the instincts kick in and you can see the finish line and um you know you just do, do i do i need to go by or do i need to sit down do i need it just Kind of the instincts kick in, and your and your brain slows it down, so you can see it whether you're going six ten or ten ninety. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, because it's six flat is the is the threshold. Right? I think I misspoke. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Go, I was I don't know. I was thinking it was six ten. I was. Yeah, yeah. If you go if you go that five nine 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 nine, they're gonna come and park you. Right, right. Yeah, um, but you feel like you feel like, um, and and you ran super comp for a long time, so there were some high mile per mm-hmm. hours, not not quite the uh, two ten, but I mean guys are running one ninety, mid one nineties in super comp now at the stripe. So yeah, yeah, mine 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 you know my super comp combo right now is uh, it's a, a mid one eighty piece. Uh huh. Yeah, so it, that's not. I mean. It's it's still very fast. Don't get me wrong, and all that stuff. But it's not like it was, um, you know. We eight ninety to six ten seems like a big jump, but uh, you know, really, it's twenty miles per hour, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than, uh, like I said, that mid range, you know, you're pulling instead of on the stop. Yeah, yeah. And I think if I remember this right, and you have to help me out with how this you know, the, the race actually broke down, but wasn't there a time when pretty much everybody left was all dialed six ten? Yeah. I think in the semis, I think everybody was dialed six ten, and <laughs> I just kind of looked around. And I thought, no, this is super comparison at six ten. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and how was that comparatively felt like, obviously it was comfortable to you. I mean, you got the, the Wally and all that, but, uh, um, did it live up to everything you, you thought? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, we we talked a lot over the wintertime, you know, of building different tune-ups to be and, – and I and I saw that more. I was more observant um, at this race than I was at the, at the handful that we did last year of qualifying positions and what guys are doing. Um, so, so we really worked on building some different tune-ups. So, you know, if I want to go up there and go 6'10", we'll go 6'10". If I want to go – 620 we'll go 620 and that's the kind of the cool thing about um these cars now is you can make them run wherever you want to make them run right yeah cool yeah that's a do you like the uh you like the six flat um cut off or would you like to see it be quicker or slower well i i think the six i think the six would be good um you know i think the equipment that everybody has is top notch um the cars are good, um, you know. Uh, they're long, they're stable. Um, I think six O would be good, or go back right. to six O. I know there's some, you know, some insurance um, 
parts of this that, that, that need to be addressed, but I, I think everybody's got good enough equipment to, you know, we can all go six O's and do is it. The, uh, is the chassis, is it something, is a different requirement on the chassis, sir, once you get under six seconds, correct? Yeah, Hold I heard that somewhere. You know, yeah, everybody's everybody's advanced ET, um, and, I, and, I, and I, you know, I could be wrong, but I think the only thing um, difference is like between an alcohol car and these cars right now. Um, obviously, there's shrouds around the cage, and then there is there's two bars that need to be added at the front of the foot box. Right. Um, that go in front of the foot box that are the the U-shaped bars uh, to help in frontal impacts. Okay. And I think I think most builders are putting that in anyway right now. I mean, it, technically, it wouldn't it wouldn't be much to to sort them up. Right. I think. I mean, I think right. that's uh, right. But uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. And I know that's a you know insurance stuff. And you know, I think overall we've got bigger issues probably. But um, um, you know, but that that's uh, that's all part of it. So um, let me ask you this. So this is your first kind of year going um top dragster like really focusing on top dragster um so what what was the plan coming in this year and now that you've won one what's has that changed anything have you you know have you adjusted that plan for the rest of the year no right now we're gonna kind of stand pat our goal uh for this year is just concentrate on division we are gonna this weekend we'll be at Topeka for the nationals um him and i talked uh, the other night and uh, i think we're going to add uh, Dallas Nationals. Um, okay. Not so much chase points. You know, if, if you know, we go into this weekend and we have a decent weekend, then, yeah, we might um, might change the plan a little bit. Um, big thing, <laughs> we had a long discussion starting kind of mid-year um, was playing Division Five or Division Three, And, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of a even up until, you know, we did a tech card, uh, you know, we just kicked it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, we, we're, we're division five guys, uh, in our blood. So we kind of decided to claim division five. And so goal is to finish top 10 and then, you know, make a little bit more of a run next year. So I'm, I'm curious now you've got my wheels spinning just a little bit. What was the argument for claiming division three as opposed to staying in division five where, you know, uh, geographically you, you sit? Well, we, we start mid year. Um, you know, we were waiting on pistons for this thing. So it, oh, you know, we see. were behind the eight ball. We were waiting behind the eight ball going in and division three has at the time had four races left, obviously with Chicago being completed. Or not, well, they're not completed, but with Chicago going this weekend, that would have given Chicago the two at St. Louis and Bowling Green. So you have four ends and claim division the uh, Division Five races out. But uh, we decided to stick with Division Five, and uh, I that's got where you. we're going. Yeah, just more a timing thing because we get Division Three gets started a little later than Division Five. Is what you're saying? You got a yeah, chance to yeah, get more. Yeah, they loaded. They, yeah, they front loaded. You know, they front loaded uh, this year and. Um, and, but with us being behind, we'll you know next year will be a little bit easier year to to uh, make a better run. But uh, we'll make a run this year. So. Yeah, um, no, that's that's great stuff. And you know, obviously, uh, you've started off very well. Um, and speaking of starting, 
well, I mean, let's go way back. I mean, when, what was the first car you took down a track and, and how did you get started in this? Because, I mean, uh, you know, going to, to win the top dragster event, uh, where you know, have to start someone. Where, where, was, the, where was the starting point for this? <laughs> I've, I've, you know, I've always kind of somewhat raced something, whether it be bicycles, motorcycles, you know, did a little bit of motocross. And BMX was a big part of our life. And then um, baseball kind of took over a little bit. And then, you know, kind of when that wound down, um, I was working for a friend's body shop in part-time high school, and they end up with a front-loader car. And you know, just I was just you know ignored and glamoured with that. And you know, my dad had raced at a younger age, and we'd always go to the drag strip once, twice a year at some point, and just like, okay, well, that's what I'm gonna do. So my dad said, well, you go, uh, you go get a little experience some way, somehow. So there's a guy in our little small town at the time, um, had a little Chevy Chevelle, and um, the deal was you tow it to the track. You maintain it, and we'll split the split the deal, split the profits. Okay. okay. So in this car, you I mean, you just jump in and let go, and hold to the floor, and wind lights gonna turn on. It was just that good a car. So I had a little bit of success with that, and my dad kind of saw that, and he said, "Okay, make you a deal. We're gonna take one of the Corvettes, and we're gonna sell it, and whatever we get out of it has to get car, truck, and trailer." So that's what we did, and uh, bought a car, turnkey, you know. Um, you know, had we had maybe maybe fifteen in this whole operation. You know, it was pretty raunchy, <laughs> but um, it was it was a good learning tool. Made some races. Um, first race in a dragster, we went down to Great Bend, Kansas, and runnered up with it. So you know, just had some success early on, and and um, sold the car after the first year. Made you know made some money, bought a different car, and you just kind of keep turning the operation over to you kind of get to where we're at now. No, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, you, you like to see guys that, uh, started and, you know, and the whole class is filled with guys who started somewhere and, uh, most of it wasn't in top dragsters. That's for sure. So, um, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. When, yeah. I got my, you know, I got to thank my mom and dad a lot. They've, they've helped out a lot. My wife and my kids and my brother supportive and, you know, um, Fred and Rebus Navely have, have uh, supported me for a long time and um it's it's been good it's been fun it's a good it's a good sport to have the whole family involved and you know spend time together and uh, you know we always kind of talk uh, how many of these families if they weren't doing this would spend time together man isn't right. that truth isn't that true so your um your kids involved with it at all i mean they uh they like coming to the track how does how does that work yeah they you know of course like any other kids they they've they've had their sports and you know my youngest played travel softball and my oldest was basketball and and into horses and we had a junior for a while and but god they're so busy it was just like we got to pick you know there's just not enough time in the day to do it all and right so and and so they they kind of gave up on the, the juniors and and, I, and I said, i'm okay with that you know at some point in time you want to get in in the big car we'll get you in the big car and um, I, I think that time's coming pretty soon. <laughs> I just I don't know if Dad's ready to get out of the seat. <laughs> right. right. Well, you you know when that time usually comes, Don, is when um, you know the baseball or basketball coach tells you that uh, there's no more playing time. 
right? And <laughs> there's no more playing time on the court. So uh, you better, your younger days are done. And, you know, like I think we all, a lot of us did that. We played our sports and then, um, and then yep. our bodies told us uh, it was time to be done. And, and, but you can sit in a seat and let go of the button for a long time, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, yeah. that's good. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, like, look at Danny Nelson. I mean, that guy. <sighs> I mean, he's what been top five the last four years. I mean, just amazing. What he does, and we've had him on the show a couple of times, but my man is a superhero. I mean, really, like he yeah. does it by himself, and and I don't know how old he is. I don't want to. I don't want to say it, but I mean, he's yeah, he, I, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, and I mean, it, that what he's done and what he continues to do at the level he does it is phenomenal. And uh, you know, the one year he did it with with one bad eye. So I mean, imagine doing that. I can barely do what I do with two good eyes. So, yeah, he was uh, he does a great level. But my dad always told me he said, uh, you know, this is the sport you can do for a long time. So that's why you know you can embrace it and and continue to do it, which is really good. So, um, John, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, really happy for you uh, winning your event in Topeka, the Division Five event out there. Um, man, exciting times for you in terms of, you know, getting that top dragster operation rolling. And uh, thank you. Thank you again for coming on and good luck the rest of the season. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. And come back thank on you. anytime, anytime. Uh, you know, go win another one and come back and talk about that one again. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's everyone's goal. Roll through the gate. That's everyone's goal. That's that's exactly right. Guys, girls, that was the great John Medlin. All right. As we hit the half track report presented by DragRaceLawyer.com, we're actually going to extend this period just a little bit. We have two great guests on with us. First of all, Gary Schween is with us, um, and he is uh, really the uh, the crew chief behind uh, the car that is and driven by Chris Nyergis, who was your 2019 Top Sportsman Champ in PDRA, and he is currently leading the Elite Top Sportsman Series in PDRA, and most recently, these guys have come off a huge win in the PDRA Pro Stars event. Please welcome to the show, Gary Schween and Chris Nyerges. How are you guys today? Good. Doing great, thank you. I'm, I'm excited to have you guys on because uh, you guys have, I, I, I would think dominating is probably a good word. I mean, you guys have had a heck of a run here the last couple of years, debuted a new car, You've had, a, um, I think, three finals and six events. It's been pretty impressive what you guys have done here as of late. But um, uh, talk us through, you know, kind of how this season has gone up to, up to this point. Um, I mean, is it kind of what you expected? Or um, are you even surprised with some of the, the results in leading the point series at this point? I, I could say that um, our main crew chief, uh, Brian Tiffy, he every time we go out, he always expects to win. So he he doesn't want anything less than that. Me as as uh, team owner, 
I tell the guys that as long as we go to a final, I we couldn't do any better. I, I don't care if we win or lose. Um, I'm just happy to if we could make it to a final. Um, it, it's extremely hard racing, and I'm always proud of the team whenever we go around. Right, that, that's how I feel. I mean, you guys have done that, right? I mean, you guys have went to finals here recently, and like you say, the, the competition is so tough that uh, once you get into the final, that's kind of a win on a, in and of itself. Right, that, that's how I feel. Right, that, that's how I feel. Uh, Chris, you may not feel that way as a driver. You might feel like every round is a, is a must-have. Is, um, it, but uh, the car has certainly felt good to you. I'm, I'm assuming this year you've won a lot of rounds. Uh, talk us through um, you know, what your mentality is. Um, here, at least this year with the new car and, and is, you know, with all the, the success you've had. I mean, the car has been great. I mean, we have Brian Tiffy, the crew chief on the car. So it's, it's spot on every pass. So, but I, I don't call it dominating. I call it hanging around with some of these big dogs. <laughs> I mean, we just, we're just small town guys. So, <laughs> Well, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, I say that, uh, but but to dominate at that, I mean, even using that word, and I don't know if that's correct or not, but even use it means that you don't win every event, right? I mean, the competition is so tough. Um, maybe maybe we should start there. What what made you decide, because you guys had didn't, done really well in top sportsmen, what uh, I think Petey Wright calls the regular top sportsmen, what made you say, hey, let, it's time to go to the elite side? I didn't say anything. Gary <laughs> said, Gary said, he goes, I'm either going to buy a Lamborghini or we're going to build a race car. And he decided <laughs> to build a race car. So I'm just trying to fill the seat and, and make it make it, uh, make it it look good. <laughs> Those I like guys it. all make me look good. So. I like it. Well, Gary, walk us through the car then, because uh, and, okay. and talk well, us through your whole stable, actually, and then and then the new rig. Right. So back in 2019, um, Tiffy had just redid the entire uh, Pontiac, and we were doing decent. And then the car would always somehow mess up. Chris was doing great on the tree and everything, and every time the car messed up, I would yell at the car, and I and like one race that did something. I said, that's it. You're gone. So I joking around. I'm like, I'm like, we're building a new car. And so I three-way called, I called Norm Drinkowski and I'm like, yeah, that Pontiac just upset me. I said, I'm just getting a new car because I'm tired of that thing. So he three-way calls me to Bickle, um, Soiter Dynamic, uh, Mark Mickey. Uh, and ne- next thing I know, we're, oh, have a new car ordered and we're building it. Oh, that's awesome. Then, Chris goes on and then wins the world championship in that car. And they're like, oh, so what are you going to do now? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess we're going to build a new car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, walk us through because you've got the new Corvette, right? Um, that's the, what is it, a 2020 vet? Is that what it is? Yeah, 2020 uh, Pickle vet, yeah. Gotcha. And was there any decision-making in your process or was it just like, what narrowed down the vet? Cause they are super cool. No, no argument right. about that. But what was the, uh, when, when I, when we were going to build it, we wanted something different. So we were, you know, and that we like the Camaro, but this, everybody has a Camaro. And so when I called Bickle, 
He said, you know, they came up with this new seven V2 body. He's like, there's only, he's like, there's only two bodies that have been built so far. He's like, I got one here now that's ready to go. So we, from that point, we just decided to put that together. Yeah, no, that makes sense, right? Um, yeah, that's uh, that's good. What well, and then walk us through. You say, you know, it's a Bickle um, machine, and then um, walk us through the power plant a little bit. Yeah. So then when we we called Charlie and told him we wanted a a, a, a nice size engine for it, of course, he um, told us that he had a a nine forty one that was available, and that's what we ended up putting in it. Okay, so it's a um, we called Mark Mickey. Yeah, 941 cubic inch Charlie yep. bus engine, correct. Um, we called Mark Mickey with M&M Transmission, and he was actually developing um, a dual lockup transmission, and he wasn't done with it yet. He was getting ready to try it overseas, so he wouldn't let me purchase the transmission until he finished testing that one and ended up picking up about, um, I think it was 500 or so compared to his other version. And, and so once that was done, we he made that transmission for us then brandon Schweitzer he did all of our um, motec and um, set the entire car up the chassis and everything when it came back from bickle um mark smith he did our suspension the front struts and rear shocks um on the car i i yeah i think uh with the the only change that we did over the winter time was Mark Mickey came up with a couple updates to that transmission, uh, which is what we did to the car, and it has really made it consistent after those. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you guys are putting up so much power. I mean, getting it consistently to the pavement is a is a big big deal, and uh, and man, the trans packages and the the shock packages now are are such an important part. Um, you know, and of course you guys go to good tracks, but, but, um, I mean, do you feel like you have to, when you go, when you show up, do you feel like you're pretty close already? Or do you feel like, Hey, that Q1 is, um, you know, you, you got to really keep your eye on it and make adjustments pretty quick. What's, what's the mentality when you guys pull into the gates? Is, is Chris still on? I think so. Yeah, Chris, from a driver standpoint, Chris, um, you know, what, what's your mentality? I mean, you, you've got this beautiful new machine. What, uh, what's your mentality when you pull in there? I mean, do you feel like Q1 is pretty much dialed in? Yes, yes. It's, uh, it's a great car. It's, last year was, was the learning curve on the car, and, and this year it's, it's, it's ready yeah, confidence and and you go when you pull in you know you know you're gonna go a to b yeah yeah um well part of the reason why i wanted to have you guys on was um because you guys qualified for pro stars uh the event and you won the pro stars event um i, I wasn't there heard it was unbelievable um walk us through kind of you know even loading up and getting to the track how, how did that whole weekend go for you we actually left our stuff there from the race before. So, uh, so uh, Karsten, myself, and Daryl, uh, one of our crew guys, we drove down Friday night because it was only a one-day race. It was a Saturday race. So we drove down Friday night, and, and uh, Gary and, and Tiffy already had everything all set up. So we were ready to go. 
Yeah, and um, I mean, have you? I know they did a fantastic deal with that, with the, in terms of the show and the uh, that concert events and all that stuff. I mean, have you ever been involved with an event like that before? Uh, not, not with the concert stuff. Um, you know, some of the Night Hunter Fires at Norwalk, it's just nonstop, you know, show after show after show with the whatever exhibition cars or fast cars or whatever they're doing. And PDRA just stepped right up and, and they are there to the level of Norwalk in terms of putting on a show now. Yeah, I, I think I think that's accurate. And in Norwalk is the gold standard, right? In terms of absolutely showmanship. And you guys are both around the Norwalk area, right? I mean, that's. I mean, how long have you guys been friends, going racing together? What how, What's the story behind uh, you getting together? Because it's been a fantastic partnership up to this point. We We have been racing together for thirty two years. Oh, wow. I had a seventy nine Honda Civic wagon. And it broke down on the way home from work, and I had another Wednesday nighter guy stop and say, hey, let's take it to Schween's shop. He'll fix it. So we did that. I went over to Gary's shop, his dad's gas station. Gary fixed the car, and we've been racing ever since. I like it. I like uh, mm-hmm. like the fact that uh, you're not even afraid to say I was, you know, it was a Honda and all that stuff. You know, most, most guys, you know, they're going to – um, you know, bow up a little bit, but uh, I like it. I mean, you went from that to the baddest machine on the planet, so uh, that, that's pretty impressive. I Step ran up. import cars before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And Gary, what type of car were you running at the time? Then, I mean, what was your first um, like, first race car? My so, yeah, so my first car when I turned um, sixteen, I got a '67 Chevelle. Oh man! And so that that was my parents were like, "You're not gonna race," or my father was against it. He raced growing up. He's like, "You're not gonna race because if you break this thing, I'm not fixing it." Because I didn't know mechanics at the time when I was 16, and so I bought that '67 Chevelle. And the first day the track opened, I went out and raced it. My sister and I went out there, and I ended up winning the race. So of course, from that day on, I was hooked. And uh, then a couple of years later, my dad ended up buying a '66 Chevelle. Um, that we ran too. So I would have the 66 and 67 Chevelle and, and Chris and I, if, if Chris's car broke, he would just jump in one of those cars and we took turns racing all the cars. Yep. Nice. Uh, I say it all the time. The racing gods strike, uh, the first time out, they go, here's the taste. Um, you, what you can have. This is the, the feeling you can have all the time. Uh, the racing gods are worse than drug addicts, I think, in some, you know, uh, sometimes I mean, from that standpoint. They, they give us this taste of it. Uh, that's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. So you guys have been doing it an incredibly long time um, and certainly have your options, especially in northern Ohio there. What What's the draw to PDRA specifically? Because I think you guys have, have really kind of decided, hey, PDRA is where we're going to where we're going to live. Gary, do you want to talk on that, Chris? Yeah, well, for for us, it was the PDRA, um, the level of competition, the the amount of races, um, the travel, everything was um, very nice uh, in in terms of being able to perform. They were running for running for a nice world championship. Where uh, unfortunately, you had IHRA, which went under for the most part. Again, just recently repurchased. So who knows what will become of that. 
but NHRA was the only thing that was going on right now in top sportsmen. And it just, it just didn't, it didn't seem like NHRA really cared much about top sportsmen to make a, uh, a good run, you know, in terms of a championship thing. My thing was, if we're going to run for something, I want to be have to be competitive. I just don't want to go out and race a single race and go home. With, you know, I, I wanted to be, have something that was more competitive, and that's what PDRA offered. How do you guys, uh, how do you approach a uh, championship as far as, do you look at it as, uh, well, I need this round, I need this round, or do you just look at it as, uh, if, if I get the round wins, the championship will take care of us? itself as far as you know looking at points do you look far down it you know what is the what is the mindset when you look at the at the overall picture i um we chris takes it more around around i i do keep keep track of the rounds i'm like if we keep winning rounds it's gonna take care of itself but it's not something we keep in the back of our minds you know we go out there we try to do our best and um at the end of the weekend, we, you know, when they post points, we see where we're at. And um, so even when Chris's son, Karsten, ended up qualifying for that all-star race, um, we didn't even know that he made it and until uh, t- they posted the points. So Absolutely. Yeah, because that was, I think that was solely based on what he did at the first Virginia race, right? I thought, yeah, the, early, I thought it was, yeah, the, first the way I looked at it, it was... He yeah. ended up going a bunch of rounds at that race, and then we, we even when he went out, we still didn't think that he qualified. And then when they did the final tally on the points, um, we saw he made it. So I mean, we couldn't be more excited because this is Carson's first year, first full year of running top sportsman. But he was in a much slower car prior to this, um, so you know we couldn't be more happy with with the performance that he's been putting up this year. That's a, that's a lot of wins out of your camp. You know, I, I have a ton of confidence in Chris, Karsten, and uh, our crew guy, Brian Tiffy, and I know the, 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 the performance that they expect and put out um, Absolutely. is going to hopefully keep lending us to um, going rounds. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of going rounds, walk us through the Pro Stars event that first round. Was, did you feel like there was a round in there which was kind of the definitive because the pro stars event was three rounds right there were eight qualified cars right and so you had so it's a little bit different than your normal 16 car um was there you know was there a round in there that you feel like oh i got away with one or did you just feel like man the car is perfect and and how how did that event go for you um i I think uh all the rounds are tough so so when we when we ran Henry, it was it was tight. He ran a little bit off the dial. Um, the sun was beating on the tree, so neither of us hit the tree. And and my car, I ended up I ended up knocking a few mile an hour out, and I went dead on first round, and and he was a couple numbers off. And then going in the second round with Timmy Molnar, um, you know he's going to be on it. He's going to yeah. be. He's going to be double O top secret Timmy, and and he ended up being double O two red. So I think that was our our uh, our freebie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he ended up. I think he ended up running dead on, and I was under by twelve thousand. So um, yeah. And then then in the final, you know, Jeremy Creaseman's going to bring it on too. He's got his car was going A to B every pass, and uh, and. And we got lucky there. He ended up flinching, and and we were able to uh, absolutely get the win. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, 
you know it's kind of murderer's row anyway. And then you get to the pro stars and you go, okay, the, everybody's here for a reason. Every round is going to be tough, right? Exactly. There's absolutely nobody you look forward to racing. You want to race everybody, but you don't look forward to, oh, this is going to be a gimme. Nobody's a gimme in that, <laughs> in that fast side anymore. Yeah. It's all. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a... It, it doesn't get any easier, right? No rest for the the weary, I suppose, right? Right. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, I, at the first Virginia race, I, in Q2, I actually got to qualify beside you in my car, which is a lot slower than what you drive. But that thing absolutely hauls. What's it like driving a stripe at 195 or better? I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are on that. Um, and You don't have a whole lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Luckily, we've been we've been actually chasing um, a majority of the guys, so it, it slows it down a little bit. If you, if you get chased, um, it's really tough because it just it's it's so late in the run when you see somebody, either you really don't have time to react. Right. Um, chasing it right. gives you maybe an extra half second, <laughs> so it's it's still tight. I mean, you're. You're, you're not going to drive it to a couple foul, um, like in the old bracket days, but but it's it's still tight, tight racing. It's it's so impressive what you guys have done um, at the speeds you've done, uh, you know, with that. And and uh, I enjoyed seeing your new car out and and appreciate you guys coming on. I mean, we've got driver, team owner, and give a little different perspective, which is really great. So. Appreciate you guys both coming on the show, and man, wish you guys well for the for the remainder because you're out on top. You've got the points lead, and um, I don't know—is there more pressure at the top now? You know, coming down the backstretch, or or uh, would you, I mean? I guess you'd probably rather be sitting there. But uh, how do you feel about that in terms of point standings and and what that means from a mentality standpoint? Um, there's there's twelve rounds left, so. So we want to win all twelve of them. You know, that's, yeah, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> uh, and you try not to let the points eat, eat you up. You know, you just you want to go out there and you want to win the last three races and and see where you sit. So um, that's that's what we're doing. Well said. Yeah, uh, spoken like a guy who has won it before and is leading the points uh, currently. Um, Chris Nairges and team owner Gary Schween, thank you both for coming on and good luck the rest of the season. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks, guys. All right. As we hit the mile per hour cone, JP, we got some good stuff to talk about in the drag racing world. I mean, none of these are records per se, but they are records in terms of it's good for drag racing. And uh, I mean, it's there's some good stuff that's happened over this last couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Um, I know you went, uh, you've been running some PDRA. The PDRA Pro Stars, huge hit, right? A huge. I mean, they, they pulled it off yeah. and crushed it. They did an awesome job with the um, the way that they did the uh, they they didn't do traditional qualifying. It was chip draw and 
the concerts and then they had you know they had like a what they call a pit party um where they had people coming around and you got to meet some of the drivers and, and, oh, and take okay. pictures and sign autographs and then they did like a really cool driver introduction deal on the stage where they were doing the music um so it looked like a really really good event i couldn't make it down to watch but it, it, it from watching it the live stream it looked like it was really really well well put together event and everybody who was down there seems like they had a really good time so uh commend them hats off to them guys for that um like i said we need more of that um in drag racing as far as the the showmanship part of it uh it's always good to have have that type of deal i i agree i mean i, I agree i mean there's when we got to find a medium ground right because we all race because we're competitors but yeah the more butts in the seats we can get, the better. It's good for all of us because we, we need eyeballs so that our sponsors can make money and then they can sponsor us and, and all the stuff goes around. So we need the show aspect of it. And by all accounts, the PDRA nailed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, it's a it's a great concept. And I think going on to that, um, Summit Motorsports Park absolutely nailed it too with their Night of Fire. I mean, this this event they had over the past weekend was along those same lines, maybe even better. I mean, probably nobody does it better than Summit Motorsports Park and the Bader family there, but their Night of Fire had 40,000 people. Yeah, that place looked absolutely packed. Everything I've seen, it was just looks like it was fans everywhere. And, and, and you know, that's, that's kind of what they're known for. Um, so, like you said, there's probably nobody better in the business than putting on a show than than, than the Bader family. Yeah, um, but yeah. Yeah, it looked like an awesome event. Um, that's a yeah, definitely looked like an awesome event. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wasn't there, but what I was told was that uh, you know there were uh, over a hundred thousand dollars worth of fireworks that were lit off, and the the place was absolutely packed, and the racing was good, and. And the show was tight so that, you know, there wasn't, you know, uh, no no disrespect for our radial friends. But, you know, they didn't watch the tractors go up and down the track all night long either. And so, right. you know, from that standpoint, I mean, the show is good yeah. and we need that for our sport. Definitely need that. We don't we don't need 15 qualifiers in 50 degree <laughs> weather and two tankers full of glue. I mean, not, nothing, nothing against the radio guys, but. It's just I shouldn't have said that, man. It's just, but people want to see people want to see racing and they want to see the the spectacle. They want to see you know they want to see things like they want to have things like fireworks and a jet truck and you know nostalgia funny cars and you know stuff like that. And it, it's just it's cool to have that. And and it's it's like you said it 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 makes it nice that you're not sitting there watching the truck to go up and down. Yeah. Go up and down. Go up and down. No, they so, want bang for their yeah. entertainment buck, right? And that absolutely. And absolutely. Let, let's give the PDRA and for their Pro Stars event and the Summit Motorsports Park their Night of Fire event. Double A for it's not even an A for effort. It is just A plus plus. I think. Um, other absolutely. good th- other good things that happened. I mean, in the motorsport, I mean, let's go to the association. Um, by all accounts, the divisional division three event in Chicago went back to Route 66 Raceway. 
Um, had they had some rain, they didn't able get to finish the event, but everybody there said the place was unbelievable. The track was good um, and so, so excited to be back in Chicago. I know that's a little bit out of your uh, geographic, uh, you know, region that way, but, but um, you know, that event had been off the calendar for a couple of years and they brought it back, thank goodness, because there was a lot of fear that once it went away, it was not coming back. And, and by all accounts, everybody said it was phenomenal. So I'm excited to have Chicago back. That's, you know, that's within that's striking good. distance from here. So I'm excited about it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Always good to have an event. You don't, you don't never want to see anything go away, uh, especially in, in these, in these days and times where you got, you know, a lot of tracks shutting down and things of that nature. So it's always good to be able to, to be able to, to get these things done. And I'm glad that they had a successful event and they brought it back and were able to pull it off. I'm going to have to, I have to step my NHRA library up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I think that, you know, it's, uh, it's glad to have back and it's a big track and, you know, perfect for divisionals and, and national events and all that stuff in, in the heart of, uh, you know, the country. So let's hope they keep that running a little bit. The other thing yeah. I thought the, the association did well was they brought back, they made an announcement. They brought back the A Fuel Funny Car. You know yeah. You know anything about the uh, the A Fuel Funny Car activity? I don't know a lot about it. I've seen people talking about it, um, and I guess it's hopefully going to bring maybe bring more cars to the class, uh, maybe make it a little bit more competitive. I don't know. I don't know how much of a of an ET difference it would be between that and then a, a typical blown alcohol funny car, um, but I haven't been around a lot of that stuff to know. So um, I'll have to have to look into that and see. I, I probably need That's to we, get somebody on that knows a lot about this stuff. My understanding is that, you know, they have that package in in alcohol dragster. Right. So yeah. it, it's not a huge jump. And my understanding is that the funny car chaos, um, which is, you know, mostly in the Texas area down there is absolutely killing it. And that's a package that they allow and the people are building a lot of those cars. So, um, NHRA said, Hey, you know, it, the, the package has been worked out. So you have parity and, and so now it's, it's worthwhile bringing on. So I think it's good. I mean, I think that any time we can get yeah. more cars, right. Anytime we can get more. Cars. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. More cars, more cars and more for the fingers to see. Um, always a good thing i like it yep um so lots and lots of good stuff that happened um all through the drag racing world these past couple weeks um so um man really really good stuff let's hope we keep it rolling for the rest of the season all right let's bring this thing back in let's take a peek in the other lane let's do it jp let's take the stripe Guys, girls, that is the show. It's time to pull the shoots on episode number 102. And there it is. There is the wind light and the sweet, sweet sound, JP. The sweet, sweet sound of Gloria and Laura Brannigan. Nicely done. Yes, sir. The big disco ball. And, man, it's so good. It's so, so good. And we had we had a great week. I mean, we deserve it. We deserve little Laura Brannigan right now. We had a great week. 
We had uh, two great yeah. guests on, right? John Medlin was amazing. And then uh, Chris Nyergis and Gary Schween, they, they were good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Um, really good. Really good perspective from uh, team owner and driver. Um, yeah, I liked it. Like talking to those guys a lot. It's it's different, right? Because you rarely have a team owner and driver, um, you know, at our level, right? I mean, you have that at the pro yeah. level, and then it mostly becomes father and son. But man, these mm-hmm. guys have figured it out, and they're and they're just yeah. rolling, just rolling right now. And it seems like they they've been racing together for a long time, so it's just it's more it's more like just two guys that are friends that did race together that it's like a you know i'm team owner and you're driver and right. you know whatever it's right. a it's, it's it's definitely a different dynamic than your than your typical you know team owner and driver deal yeah that and, i've seen yeah and i'm i agree 100 and and to be fair john medlin's the same way right he's yeah. got uh yep. i mean he kind of knows that so um you know I, that's that's great and those, both those guys whew, uh, great year so far, and um, I, let's we'll see if they keep it rolling a little bit. Um, guys, girls, if you have comments, questions, or curse words, you know there are three ways to get at me. You can do it the Facebook page using Messenger. Um, you can hit JP up. He'll probably be watching Top Gun for the second time. Um, rightfully so. I'm going back. As well you should. As well you I'm should. Going back. Uh, and, then, and then you can I, also use the email fast brackets at outlook.com. I'll be honest with you. I don't. It's not a movie that you. It, it doesn't make sense for you to watch. Like when they when it finally gets out of theaters, it doesn't make sense to watch it at home. That's a that movie is made for theaters. It's that's the only place you should watch. I, I agree. I agree. It is, it is really pretty impressive. Um, yeah, go watch Top Gun if you haven't. Uh, but uh, guys, I, girls, I hope you enjoyed this episode because we had a blast doing it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe. episode in the books and uh i'm really liking where we're headed with this uh it's been a long run as a solo act around here but something i've learned in life is uh you can go pretty far by yourself you can certainly go fast but if you want to go long you got to go with a team i kind of like how uh they were talking about it tonight you know the team that gets together and races the car makes it a whole lot better than just one guy trying to do it all on his own and i think our team here with the podcast is getting good what do you think, uh, man? I that is very well said, Chris. Um, man, keep those uh, those statements up, and, and you're going to get on more airtime. I mean, that was pretty solid. JP, is he trying to take my my role with that? I mean, that was a that's I don't, a, that's I a don't pretty know. significant like statement. It. 
I like what he said though. It was it's 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 absolutely a good statement and it's a lot of truth to it. Uh, and you know, I'm happy to be a part of it. No, that's that's a great point, and you've killed it too. And uh, and we, but this whole episode was pretty cool, yeah, because you're talking about teams coming together and succeeding at a high level. Today's episode was brought to you by Afco Racing Products. For over three decades, Afco Racing Products has focused on one goal: deliver high quality racing products to those who compete to win. In drag racing, you only get one chance to get it right. Choosing quality components from the start leads to round wins and ultimately leads to championships. At AFCO Racing Products, they engineer, manufacture, and produce four-way shocks, struts, and double adjustable shocks, complemented by a complete lineup of springs to support the entire range of drag racing competitors. If you are bracket racing today and future plans include top dragster or top sportsman, they have the correct shock package for you at every stage of your racing career. For tech support, quality, and superior on-track performance, think AFCO Racing Products.